welcome new members. This, this is an exciting moment. God has uh, <clears throat> increased and continues to increase Church for the Harvest. And uh, <clears throat> so I have Angie Ellis come up. She is church administrator and, and so beautifully put together all the names. And as your names are called, you can use your list. Uh, feel free to come forward and we, we're going to pray for you, pray over you. All right. These are our new members since May, and we've had 40 new members join Church for the Harvest since May. <clears throat> Meadow Christensen, Don and Michelle Greiner, Steve and Laura Knudsen, and their children Axel and Liberty, Derek and Liz Stry, and their children Leaf and Noah. Come on up, everybody. Um, RJ Ellis. Lee Winter and her children, Peyton, Sydney, and Cooper, Paul and Lynn Lohman, Chad and Nicole Nortonen, and their children, Cass and Eva, Sean and Nicole Kohler, and their children, Mari, Jace, Laney, and Jackson, Abe and Callie Jurgensen, and their children, Swade and Sloan. Steve Miller, and Corey and Katie Olmscheid, and their girls Kaylee, Kira, Kaya, Chloe, and Carissa. Come on, let's give them a hand. Thank you. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> you know, when most churches were shutting their doors, we stayed open. And there's a reason. And God's kingdom, how I many you know the doors don't close on God's kingdom? They, they move forward. And we are super blessed. What amazing families that God has added to this church and continues to add, the children. And now let me just say something about this season of new members. They didn't just come and congregate. They jumped in and helped. I, it, it's just a blessing. Jumping on skid loaders, raking, picking up rocks, coming out and serving Thank you. Thank you all. Praying, being a part. So, yes, let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. <clears throat> it's just a verse I'd like to read, and, and I put together a prayer for our new members. And, and uh, I just want to read Ephesians 2.19 from the Living Bible. I love this verse because it talks about, You are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, and you belong. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. For someone that says, well, I don't know about membership, and I don't be part of a local church, right there is a verse that just totally dismisses that lie that we are all called to be connected in a local church body. And I can say this as fact for my wife and I and just being plugged into local churches, I grow the most when I'm connected into a local church body. Why? Because Jesus said that. Uh, the Bible says in James 4, 14, whereas you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow, what is your life for you're a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And Ephesians 5, 16 says, redeeming the time or making the best use of it because the days are evil. To redeem means to purchase up, to buy back. And how many know life is short? <laughs> And it very sure the older old you get, it accelerates. It accelerates. And, and so to redeem the time means to buy up, to get involved, to jump in what God is doing. Can you say amen? amen. 
And I wrote this down because it's true. Any, because we're all vital organs in the body of Christ, any organ that is detached from the body will not only miss what it was created to be, but also shrivel and die quickly. The same is true for Christians that we're not committed to a local congregation. But when we are, I believe we discover our purpose and plan for our life and for our family and for our children. Amen. Uh, stand with me, if you would, please. Stretch your hands to these beautiful people here this morning that God has added to Church for the Harvest that we welcome in, and I will pray. Lord God, we, the members of Church for the Harvest, receive you all into this fellowship with great joy. God grant that they may find here a fellowship of love and service in which we all may work together as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. We look forward to our walk together in Christ, united in prayer for one another. God, we believe that you are drawing people to yourself and this church family, and we welcome them into this household of faith. May we show your love and joy by embracing these precious sons and daughters of God. Lord God, keep us close together in your spirit, in the breaking of bread and of prayers in the service of others, following the example of Jesus Christ, our servant and Lord. Lord, we celebrate the unique impact they all will make here at Harvest and have already made here through their presence, their many gifts and talents. May the Harvest family offer support and prayer in times of trouble and rejoice with them always. Lord, may this church home strengthen their faith and deepen their discipleship. In the name of Jesus Christ, on behalf of this church body, we extend to you the right hand of Christian fellowship and love. Welcome you into the company and the family of Church for the Harvest. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for them. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Here's what I'd like to do. Stay standing as they're dismissed. Can we give them a high five and a hug and a love as they're seated? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming forward. Thank you. <clears throat> God bless you. Hey, buddy. <clears throat> <clears throat> the Lord is good, amen. <clears throat> so now we have a big announcement. <clears throat> this service is a little bit different. This is a celebration service, and uh, I want to, as we transition here, uh, welcome up the trustees team and uh, <clears throat> bring them forward. And I even mentioned uh, the staff too, those that are able, the staff to come forward. Hi, huh? and, and Jackie. Yes, where's Jackie? Uh, no. <clears throat> and uh, I grab this microphone here. Uh, each are going to just touch on some things to share and or be inspired to share. Uh, Holly, are you inspired yet? Where's Holly? Not yet. Okay. Mark, where's Mark? <laughs> Mark's inspired. He's always inspired. <clears throat> Come on in a little bit closer. We want to get you all in on this beautiful wide angle that we need to get going. So, yeah, we're here to talk about the uh, building project and the campaign that we put on the Harvesty Legacy uh, update. Um, it was about a year ago we started gathering bids for this new building, and um, you know, I can remember back in the early 1980s, 
uh, my wife and I at the time were renting and we were thinking about buying a house and what do you do you look at your rent payment and you try to figure out what kind of house you can buy without uh, increasing your burn rate too high um, your monthly expenditures too too much so you don't overspend what your income is and that's the that's the process we went through we got bids we looked at how much cash we had we looked at our rent payment we looked at if we went to the bank and got a loan how much that would get us and we came up with a dollar figure that um, was three hundred thousand dollars and it's like oh look at this congregation can we possibly ask this congregation And uh, I don't know who it was. It may have been, maybe it was Steve Thone or Jeff or somebody said, we're not asking the congregation, we're asking God. So that started in April. This uh, number was laid out before you. So each week there was um, an update. We would put a, as you guys probably saw it coming in, we would put a yellow chair if there was $1,000 that came in that week. And so I think we have a, a slide that, that will show each month when we started in April um, how much there was in, in April and then how much there was in May. Um, and it's pretty amazing to, to see what the Lord has done. Anything else we need to announce, Taylor? Yes. And one more thing. We've already had 1,500 come in this year as well on top on. of that. So it's, it's amazing what the Lord is doing. And, and uh and it's obviously still open for everyone that wants to continue to give into it. Um, you know, we want to pay down that loan as quick as we can, and we're just so thankful. It's amazing. 339, 39 more chairs. It's amazing. So, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you so much. God is good. Amen. So I'm just going to, you may be seated. God bless you. Uh, I want to thank uh, Angie uh, Gergen and, and, and Caleb for sharing, Angie facilitating, and Joy, and all of the staff that's helped while we were gone. We suffered in Texas uh, Christmas Eve at 85 degrees, uh, but it did get to 19 when we left, so it was a cue to start to come home. Uh, but thank you, you know, and, and Angie even mentioned this morning what a tremendous team here at Harvest and how people have taken ownership. How many know when you start a church in your living room, you do a lot yourself? You're the pastor, you're the usher, come on now, you, you help with youth, you help with everything. <clears throat> but we've grown in such a way and continue to grow that uh, <clears throat> God is raising up people and continue to raise up and add to this church body. So I'm just going to take a few moments here and just share what's on my heart, but let's just take a moment and pray with gratitude. Father, I just thank you. All those that have tuned in, we bless them online, and Lord, we just thank you for this miracle moment this destiny moment that we are in. And Lord, we are humbled. Lord, we are humbled and recognized and know that without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things through Christ Jesus. And so I just thank you, Lord, your unction, your presence, as we share here these few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. And so when I think about the why, and as we talked about in Ephesians, you belong in God's household and the importance of membership. You know, in the why of church building, I know I'm speaking to the choir here this morning, but you can never overstate the why. How many know that Apple is successful because they constantly focus on the why? The why you need the phone or the next. And I'm the guy that usually waits till, you know, six or nine phones ahead until I get an upgrade. And why, why get a new phone unless it's, if it's not broken? 
No, some of you, you got to have the new thing all the time. But the, the point is, is they focus on the why. They focus on the why. And I just begin to think about that. In this uh, 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 chapter one of, of, of uh, 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 Hezekiah, he talks about, uh, Haggai, excuse me, and he talks about to build the house of the Lord. And, and he says, these, this is what the Lord says, verse two. He says, these people say, are you crazy? It's not the right time to build the house of the Lord. So they were in captivity, but they were concerned about other things, their own houses. And, and uh, the Bible says in verse 8, it says, go up into the mountains and bring down timber. Build my house. And it's something interesting it says about this. It says, why? Build my house so that I may take pleasure in it. God takes pleasure in houses of God. Amen. And one thing I want to hear is it is not just a building. It's the temple of the Lord. And it becomes hallowed. It becomes sacred. Well, we're the church. The church is the people. We've heard that. True. That's true. But there's something about the temples of the Lord that are built. And I'll get into that in a moment. That I may take pleasure in it and be honored in it. God is honored when a house is built. Did you hear that this morning? He said, because of my house, which remains in ruins, and the Lord's talked and kind of uh, uh, kind of castigates them because they were busy with their own houses, busy with their own things, beautifying their own stuff, focusing only on what was before them and not the house. Well, that hasn't been our heart here. My heart has been wanting to build for many, many years. And so that is, brings up a point that I want to just briefly share with you about what I believe the moment that we are in, a divine moment. Let me explain. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians 6, 9. The Bible says, so let us not get tired. I don't want to have a show of hands of how many of you are tired. <clears throat> we are COVID fatigued. We are sick of this and this insanity, what's been going on, and keep adding more to it. The Bible says, don't get tired of doing what is good. Well, the implication there is you can get tired of doing good. Right? Otherwise, he wouldn't write that. So the scripture is there for our admonition to say, I know many of you get tired of doing good, but don't get tired of doing good. How many with me say amen? He says, why? He says, at the right time, somebody shout time. The word time in the Greek is the word keros. Keros. Now, there's other Greek words for time. But at the right time, and see, how many know the Bible, it wasn't just written and thrown together? Right? If it's the divine word of God, God knows every single jot and tittle what it means and what he wanted to communicate. He says, at the right Keros time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Now, you've heard me through the years saying as a pastor, typically Monday mornings is my time to contemplate and give up. And I've had many, many Mondays going, oh God, what am I doing? I'm making any impact. But I didn't give up. We didn't give up, wife and I. We, we just kept, you know, pick yourself back up, move up. But, but keros, actually, this is what it means. Now watch this. It means an opportune time, an opportunity, a season of fitting time. Uh, it's a season of, or a fitting time. It's different from what the, the Greek word for time, chronos. Chronos means a sequence of moments, uh, a duration of time. It's where we get our word chronological. But a keros time, watch this, it's an opportunity, an opportune time. It is, it is a, if I can say it this way, a suitable time for action. 
You know, there's a prophetic uh, illustration in the Old Testament of the prophet going before the king, and he tells them to do a physical act. And he says, take your bow and arrow, shoot it through the window. Some of you remember, I don't have the exact verse. And he shoots it and he prophesies the prophet. He says, the arrow of the Lord, and it shall defeat the enemies. And then he says, take the arrows in your hand and smite the ground. Now watch this. This is what he does. He smites the ground how many times? Three times. He goes, bow, bow, bow. And the prophet is furious with him. Why? Because the prophet goes, you should have smitten it five, six, or seven times. What did, how did I know to smite it five, six, or seven times? Does it make sense? You just said strike the arrow. You didn't tell me how many times. But see, here's the thing about timing in, in the carol's time in the Lord. He said, because if you would have smitten it more, we would have defeated our enemies. We would have overcame them, but you only smitten it three times. So we only have three victories instead of five or six to totally defeat the enemy. What does that say to you and me? That a lot of things that happen in the carol's time of the Lord is up to us. Oh, I, I, some of you didn't get that. Because God works with us. How many know he's sovereign in his kingdom? He can do what he wants, but he has chosen. He has limited himself to work through the affairs of men. And so some of the stuff he leads up to us and he says, okay, you've been in this Kronos time, but now is this Kairos time. What are you going to do in this moment? What are you going to do? Come on now. What are you going to do in this moment? Are you going to kind of go have all the passion and go, you know what? We're going to break through. Well, that's what's happened. A carol's time, an opportune time, an appointed time. I find that interesting. Jesus came on the earth at a carol's time. It was an appointed time. It was a specific time in history. It just wasn't nonchalant that something happened. No, something specifically. And God does care about certain times. Well, let me just say this. Church for the Harvest have served faithfully for these past years in a chronos time, a chronological time. What does that mean? Get up. Go to church. Come on. Get the kids ready. Some of you fight on the way to church. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, or you didn't feel good or whatever. You tuned in online and you came. You were faithful. And, you know, it was, the, you just you just plugged in and, and you did what God's called you to do. And, and, and then all of a sudden, something has changed in our midst. And so for 20 years as a church, we've been a Kronos time. But in the last 10 months, we have entered a Kairos miracle. You need to grab a hold of this. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? It's a Kairos miracle. It's a moment in time when God says, now. Until God says, now, you just keep plugging away. You just remain faithful. You just come do, you know, as the Dunkin' Donuts ad, got to make the donuts. Come on. You, you just, that's what life is. But God will always have a Kairos time for each and every one of you. Oh, I've been waiting for that husband. He's not coming. I've been waiting, praying for that wife. Or he's not coming. Boom, and it happens. What that is, it's the carol time. God says, I move on your behalf, but I want you to be faithful. That's why this verse says, don't get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, even though you're in a, come on, am I speaking to anybody? You're in a chronos time. Doesn't seem like it's working out. Nothing seems like it's happening. But in the right time, it'll happen. If you don't give up. A lot of Christians give up. They just give up. They just quit. They quit church. They quit. Quit praying. Quit, quit seeking the Lord. They just quit. This they just get cold. It isn't that they turn their back on God. No, they just back away. Doesn't the Bible talk about that? It talks about in the last days, men and women, they'll become cold and they will drift. 
people just that you're they're not they're not against the things that are no I, I I hear you amen brother you know I'm just tired come on now I, I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm just weary when you turn the news on, I'm just I'm just tired this is not the season to draw back this is the because we are in a Cairo season and see where you, you, who would have thought to build a church during an epidemic, a pandemic, whatever you want to call it. It's crazy. And people look and go, what? And then, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, like the funds and I don't need, you know, it's, it's next to impossible to do what you say God is telling you to do. But when God says it, come on now, when God says it, you can do it. Because see, here's, amen. And we felt that too, my wife and I, that we, we didn't feel that the Lord said, bring in, and other churches have done this. They bring in companies, come on now. And then everybody come knocking at your door. Hey, by the way, I, I, I don't feel that. I just, I don't want that. You know, we got to make your pledge, you whatever. And then you don't fulfill your pledge. And then it's all oh, the pastors there. I want to hide it. Come on now. I don't want none of that. I'm like, I trust God. He can speak to his people and they'll know what to do. And you did. I said, you did more than enough. Hallelujah. How many with me say amen? It's a, it's a, it's a Kairos miracle. And so God says, don't get weary. Don't get weary. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many know that gates are for a defense, not offense? Amen. And so the gates of hell, they're trying to hold back the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God crushes through the gates of hell. Now, just practically speaking here, just for the next few moments, I want to share a little bit of the why, practically speaking. And I know I'm speaking to the choir, but, you know, it's good to hear. It's good to hear as I just sat down, I just began to go through. And this list can be added to, and it will, and we'll see this through the years as we prepare to move in our new building. Some of you are like, well, when is that going to happen? I've been telling everybody spring. So I don't know if you know on your calendars when spring is, but (laughs) you shoot yourself in the foot if you put a date down. So we're waiting on the sound and lighting company. We soon should have a certificate of occupancy. So just I'm bringing you up to speed on that. And we've added some more things in to beautify the church in the inside. Uh, so we're just excited about that. And so I'm just going to throw this out here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping and trusting that the end of February, probably the beginning of March, is our move-in date. So... Uh, I'm not hoping for Easter, uh, but before Easter, you know, but we'll be in before Easter. But, but you know, they've, there's glitches in there and there's some things that are still sitting out on the boats out in San, San Francisco or whatever. Anyhow, but the sound equipment, but we just pray them in. Amen. So practically speaking, so, <clears throat> so just, just throwing that out there, we'll keep you posted. And what you're going to start to see is stuff get out of here. Okay, flags will be gone. Like, where are the flags? Don't worry. You know, we didn't throw them away. We're, we're moving stuff over there. All right, that's going to take some time and, and some of this equipment. And we may down to be it with Curtis and a banjo or something. I don't know. The last Sunday or spoons. If anyone can play spoons, I don't know. But we're moving forward. Amen. And you all get what's going on. So practically speaking, and it's been mentioned, the cost to build is around the same that the cost to continue renting this facility. I thank Jesus Christ, that every month we've been able to faithfully pay the rent always on time. And Julie Coddington has done an impeccable job with that. On top of it, we need to thank the Lord. Thank you. But when we leave here, we leave with no 
equity, okay? That's, you know, one of the main reasons. Like, okay, so the cost has been the same. So we've come to the place where owning, as Mark said, is more financially beneficial than continual renting. And so we believe that this is a good decision based on good stewardship. Um, you know, and some of the things, too, is a new building as a barrier. Now, this is not to you all because you're here, but some people you need to know they're, they're highly unlikely to attend a church unless it has its own visible building. You know, that, that, that is, it is a barrier for some people, not, not you all, because you're here. You kind of wondered, now, where do I go back behind what? Oh, that's the building. And, and some of you had to take a canoe in the spring to get in here through the back parking lot. <clears throat> we won't have that issue in the new place. But there's visible barriers. I can remember one time, and I've shared this before, my wife was selling some stuff in here, and there was a picture frame, and a gal uh, was out front. She said she's coming by at a certain time, and it's X amount. And, and I kind of noticed that I saw the van out there, but she wouldn't come in. This was this building. And I'm like, what's going on? And I said, is she? Yeah, yeah, this is the time. So I waited another three, four minutes, and she wouldn't come in. She was on the phone. And, and so I walked out there with the picture frame, and she went, oh, okay. She was scared to come in the building. You know, it's a little scary. You climb up steps and you climb in and <clears throat> this new building is going to be open. There are no steps in this building <clears throat> unless you get on the stage. <laughs> and there's a ramp actually for that too, for, for access. So, uh, you know, just little things like that, little barriers like that. And uh, we believe that the building, uh, this new church building, uh, in building in this, in this culture and community will help in terms of better impacting our local community. And in the region for the gospel, Matthew 28, we know it's the great commission mandate. Somebody shout mandate. You know, we hear a lot about that word mandate and its unconstitutional use. Can I get an amen? But there's a mandate we all need to lean in on. It's the great commission mandate. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? The great commission is a mandate for all believers and should be treated as such. Sometimes people can confuse a conviction with a mandate. Say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? They're not the same. They're different. Watch this. A conviction is something we would die for in order to protect. But a mandate is something we would die for in order to advance. Did you get that? That's what the mandate is. We are all under a mandate to advance the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Every single, well, that's the pastor's job. That's the staff job. Every single one of us are under a mandate to advance God's kingdom. Somebody say amen. <clears throat> so as believers, we're mandated to advance the Great Commission. Here's the thing about a mandate. It is an aggressive, a no compromise, a no failure tolerated approach to a task. How many know that has greater motivating power than just a conviction? Amen. <clears throat> And so sometimes believers, we consider the mandate of the Great Commission as like maybe a suggestion. And that's nice. Yep, it should be done. Uh, <clears throat> and sometimes it leads to lack of evangelization, uh, you know, a baptizing, multiplying the kingdom of God. And, 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 and some people look at it as a great, the Great Commission as missions. You know, so, so the Great Commission applies to not my daily life here and going to church. It just applies to overseas stuff. No, it has to do with our lives where we live, and our community. Amen? And so we believe this decision to build will help us better fulfill the Great Commission. For others to know God and continue to make disciples. You know, how many know that God looks for increase? He looks for increase. That's true. You know, there's the parable of the gold coins and the minas in Luke 19. 
And God says something that's very interesting here. And he says this about the one that took the, took the five and turned it into the 10. And then they took the two and t- turned it into five. But the one who hid the one gold coin, we know the story, right? And he's the guy who held it in a rag. And I didn't even put it in the bank in interest. And God took that away from him and gave it to the one with the 10. But people complain. Now watch this. <clears throat> this has to do with this miracle moment too. People complained in this in the setting, why are you giving it to the one that has 10? He already has so much. And God says that Jesus said this, everyone who has more will be given, uh, everyone who has more will be given to him. Those who have nothing, even which they have will be taken away. What that means is in the divine moment, in the destiny moment, when you get on board, what God has to say, he will give you more. He will. But when you don't do anything in that moment, Jesus says, stuff will be taken away. We don't want to be those people. Amen? And I love this. I read this the other morning. I thought, you know what? I'm going to read this. Psalm 110.3. Never saw this. The Bible says, the people shall come willingly at the time of the assembly. At Carol's time of the assembly. Thy army in holy beauty. Do you know that you are the army of the Lord? And you're beautiful to God. And then uh, the Bible translated this verse, one commentary says, by the preaching of the word of God, the people shall be assembled into the church whose increase shall be so abundant and wondrous as the drops of rain. That's a word for us. Amen. So this decision to build, it's going to, I believe, help us better fulfill the Great Commission. Practically speaking, how so? How many, we have, there's more space that is needed here in this church. We can't expand and rent anymore. The spaces are taken here. Uh, increase, but the, you know, the children and uh, ministry to youth, larger rooms for teaching, training, ministering, and accommodating the growth of the church. Uh, and so so that's, that's part of it. Uh, a church building is considered an important part of Christian worship. Christianity has become the largest religion in the world. Remember that. It's growing. It's continuing to grow. Even though the population of the world globally is increasing, the faith, the Great Commission needs to continue to expand. Can I get an amen? And another thing about designated church buildings are important, that they provide a consistent meeting place for Christians in a community. I remember my wife and I, and Angie remember this, and when we pastored in, in Ashby, and... Uh, we built uh, the beautiful uh, Destiny, the, the youth center there. And some of the youth would just disappear for a couple of years when we were youth pastor. I'm like, where are they? You follow up, couldn't contact. They just kind of disappear. They fall off the map. But they would come back. Many of them would come back after two or three years wandering in the wilderness and coming back. And then they would show up and they would show up the exact time that we were meeting. Why? Because they knew in their mind, you know what? The youth meet on Wednesday night at this time. And so I'm going to show up. And we were there. That's important. That's very important in people's lives that, that they know that a consistent, a consistent <clears throat> a church building provides a neutral gathering place and equalizer for the wide variety of lifestyles that make up the body of Christ. You know, uh, yes, this church started in our living room, but then it moved into a public place because it's a neutral space, you know, and, and people's like, well, the early church met in the house, but they didn't stay in the house. They increase, they move forward, they increase. Our church building, I'm almost done, is often a hub of social life in a community. Being the site of church gatherings, luncheons, dinners, funerals, weddings, baby dedications, various meetings, discipleship training, teaching youth, worship ministry, children's activities that teach biblical truth to proclaim the gospel of salvation and to glorify Jesus. Amen. A church building is usually viewed as a safe place. 
a refuge for those seeking God in need. Uh, for many people, it represents a link to God for those outside the faith. And a lot of times it's a drawing card for people that are in crisis. Now, here's an important point. I'm going to conclude with this here <clears throat> on a spiritual note. In a beautiful church, people's hearts are open. And I can remember back in 1988, I had a blessed opportunity to go to Israel for the Feast of Pentecost, 40-year celebration. I was there praying at the Western Wall, seeing the sights. But we also had opportunity to visit the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the Church of the Nativity. These had amazing, breathtaking views. And when I went into these churches, I went, wow, these things have stood for hundreds and hundreds of years. And there was a guy on the team, and he had a pretty good voice, and he could sing, but there was no musical instruments. And they said, no, you can just sing a cappella. And as he began to sing in there, and his voice just resounded the way the structure was, it was heavenly. And I looked around, I went, they took so much time and effort. And so that mason that showed up that Monday morning to help lay that and just thinking, oh, it's a Monday morning, I can't wait to Friday, was part of something beautiful. Everything you do, you know, even thinking, oh, it's useless. You maybe pour asphalt for the highway, you know, whatever, you pour concrete, whatever. You need to look at it, what it does for God's people. And for, for, for people, it blesses them. Everything, everything matters. It really does when you look, when you look at it in light of the kingdom of God. And, and so I was so moved by that. I was so moved by that. And so a church that is built, that is beautiful. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Rhonda, for all their efforts. And incidentally, it's my wife's birthday today. She finally turned 30. I'm getting older, but she keeps getting younger. <clears throat> Uh, a, a building that is beautiful. Jackie's done an amazing job. Just, just constantly being there, dragging her kids, getting babysitter. I mean, you need to high five her and hug her and thank Quinn for letting her just do all that. Uh, it's just, it's an amazingly beautiful building, and so much attention and detail has gone into every little thing. It's there's nothing that's like, ah, no, that's fine. I'm usually that guy. No, that'll be fine, Jackie. No, no, we need to. No, we're not going to let that slide. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, and I like excellence. So, hallelujah. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. I'm kind of rambling on here, but let me just say this one point. <clears throat> and this is where I feel the heart of God for you all. I really feel this. As I wrote this down. This is not just this new building, a meeting hall. This is the temple where our God will dwell. He will dwell in our midst. Never forget that. Just as Christ his son came to dwell in our midst. I believe this beautiful new church building will proclaim our values. It says this church is going to last many, many, many years. Our doctrinal truths, our moral truths, our love, our life, our joy, all of these things are everlasting. In this new church building, speak silently and eloquently to what we harvest you hold dear because you are willing to invest in and you are willing to sacrifice much to build a witness in this community and region that will last long after we are gone. That's why. Once again, this building is not just a meeting place. It is your temple where we worship God. 
Some of you don't even know. You'll have grandkids. They may grow up and be wayward for a season, but will come back to God because of your sacrifice today. That's worth it all. I said, that's worth it all. And many of the, those that you're praying for will come to a saving faith because of your sacrifice. Every head bowed here this morning. <clears throat> this is your tabernacle of corporate worship. It's your house of prayer. It's a place where we will corporately commune with our God. <clears throat> it's a place that becomes hallowed with our prayers, our praise, and our worship, our giving, and our serving. First Peter 2.5 says, Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ's approved lives up to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. As if he had bowed here this morning. Lord, we are humble. We are sense this divine moment that is upon us. Lord, you've done exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we could ask or think. That's who you are. And Lord, it's because your people, they hear your voice. They hear your voice and they respond to it. And Lord, let it be just burned into each heart and mind that this isn't the end. This is the beginning of the new season for Church for the Harvest. A new season of outreach. A new season of impact. A new season of a greater harvest like never before. Not just in our community, the surrounding community in this region, but you didn't call us just a pastor, a local congregation. You didn't call us just a pastor in a community. Lord, I believe you call us the pastor even as a region and Lord, even on a national level and internationally. I thank you. I thank you for raising up leaders, Father God, to help with that great commission. We thank you, Father God. You're here this morning, maybe listening online. You're not right with God. If he had bowed here this morning, you say, you know what, Pastor? Uh, <clears throat> that's good. That's exciting. All right, you made your goal. But you're indifferent to the things of God and you know exactly who you are right now. You're backslid. What does that mean? The Bible says the backslider in heart. And it is maybe something that's happened in your life. Maybe you were disillusioned. Maybe you were hurt. Maybe you are angry. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe you were waiting and praying as I talked about the chronological chronos time. And what you were expecting didn't happen yet. Yet. You're disillusioned. The Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. He's asking you to make a decision. Take a step of faith. That's you here this morning. When you receive Christ in your life, what happens is your spirit man or your spirit woman is reborn. It's made new. The Spirit of God comes and places His Spirit in your spirit, and you become saved. You are born again. You are transformed. It's not a head knowledge or mental ascent. It's actually a conversion, a transformation that takes place. But you have the authority and the power to choose that or not. You're here and you say, Pastor, I, I need to get right with God. With every head bowed, take a moment, if you would, this morning and say this with me. Let's pray together. Say this. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sake. Jesus, 
I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for saving me. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And I will serve him all the days of my life. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we want to help you along your way. Church for the Harvest, I believe, not because of me, but because of what God is doing in our midst, is a healthy church. It's a church you can grow and you can have your family grow in the things of God and you can discover your purpose and do all that God's called you to. Amen? Amen. So now we're going to pray we're going to eat. But I would invite the altar workers to come forward in this moment. Some of you may sense that God just, you know, you need additional prayer. Maybe hands laid upon you. Maybe you need the prayer of agreement. <coughs> Excuse me. These are safe people. These are healthy people. They're here for you this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you once again. I bless the people of God for their faithfulness, for their obedience, for them responding to your voice, not just financially, but with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every rock that was picked, every broom that swept, every vacuum that vacuumed, I thank you for your people. Every dollar that was given, we are in Carol's time. And Lord, we thank you for empowering us. And Lord, let us go out with joy now, be led forth with peace as we celebrate this moment of your goodness and your mercy. I bless the people of God. Bless this food in our time of fellowship. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Get Lord word.